This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Everyone, it's Christian Fuchs here. I would like to say a big thank you to our fans and keep having our back for the upcoming Premier League season as well as the Europa League. Keep watching Leicester Fan TV. They have the latest news and they keep you up to date on LeicesterFanTV.com. So stay tuned and thanks for your support. Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. With special thanks to our pals ADT Taxis, Beatman, Piglet's Pantry, Tiger, Lester Garage Conversions, Pink Vehicle Leasing, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Moyer Weight Interiors, and our chosen charity, Memphis UK. We bring you the fans' views on the match each week, and your views matter to us. Join the fans' debate each match with us. Follow us at LesterFanTV. Good evening. Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. It's Wednesday night, it's half past seven, and it's time for the Fox's Tale. Uh, get your comments here, as always, guys. Uh, let's see who's around tonight to come watch the show. We've got another great guest lined up for you tonight. And once again, Jamie's done brilliantly getting people on. Let's see who's on. Ian Russ. Ian Ian and Jamie, you're right, mate. Good to have you all on. Well, it's that time again. It's half past seven, and it's time for the Fox's Tale. I'll bring the man in. He played for Leicester from 1982 to 1987. He went on to make 217 appearances and score 84 goals in the colours of strike for Leicester City. Let's bring on Alan Smith. Evening, Alan. Evening, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you keeping? You OK? Yeah, can't complain. Can't complain. Good, good. Well, we'll get the first question. What, what made you come and sign for Leicester City back in 1987? Well, I was playing for... 
a non-league team called Alf Church in the Southern League and lots of scouts would come down and watch all the kind of Midland ones, Villa, Birmingham, West Brom. Man United came down when Ron Atkinson was the manager, he came down himself. But Leicester were the most persistent and uh, it was Leicester really that were the first to offer some uh, hard cash. It was like 15 grand and I think seven grand on appearances after that. Um, and I was at uh, Coventry Polytechnic at the time uh, doing a, a modern languages degree. And I was one year into it, but I wasn't really enjoying it. I mean, I'd always wanted to be a bit of a footballer and Leicester offered me a four-year contract. Uh, so it was a no-brainer, really. It was a great chance to get in. Jock Wallace was the manager, but Jock signed me. And then about two weeks later, he left. So he went up to Motherwell, I think it was, and Immediately, you think, oh, my God, the manager that signed me has left. But thankfully, Gordon Milne came in and he was the perfect man for me. And I was able to, to get in the team straight away. Yeah, I was going to say, Jock, Jock signed you and disappeared within two weeks. Really. I mean, that must have been a tricky, tricky situation. You've been signed from you know, a Southern League and it's only the expectations is quite high by a manager. And then... So they find out two weeks later you're not going to be playing for him. I mean, a bit daunting on yourself. I mean, how old were you at the time when you came to Leicester? I was 18. Yeah, I was 18. So, yeah, I mean, it is worrying. Although when I went in to sign and talk about the contract with Jock, he said, oh, Alan, you know, you're going to be in the reserves for two or three years learning your trade. Uh, uh, so don't expect to get into the first team straight away. So I thought, well, fair enough, you know. Um... But then, as I say, Gordon Milne come in and he had different ideas. Uh, there were a lot of a lot of Scottish lads in the dressing room. It was absolutely packed with uh, with Scots because because of John Wallace. Yeah. But, um, Gordon kind of you know overturned the dressing room and got in his own players. But I'll, I'll never forget the day in pre-season. There was a two friendlies against Northampton Town. Uh, it was a reserve game friendly and the, the, the seniors, the first team were on the pitch next door and I'm playing for the reserves as I expected and then at half time I've heard Gordon Milne shout over, Alan, Alan, come across, you're, you're on for the second half with, with, the, with the first team so I've gone on and I've got a hat-trick actually playing up front with Gary Lineker in that second half so uh, from that point on I was involved in the first team and I played in the first game of the season against Charlton Athletic. We lost we lost 2-1, but I was uh yeah, I was where I wanted to be. It was it was amazing really. You talk about the partnership you had uh, with Gary Lineker. Another one would be Steve Larnix, who we've had on the show before. Apparently, he talks about the partnership you three had. Uh, you'd be able to play balls into boxing. He knew exactly where you'd be at the front post and Gary would be at the back post 9% of the time. I mean, what was it like to come in at 18 and you know link up with Gary Lineker? Well, Gary had kind of only just, I think he'd been in the first team maybe a season and a bit. So, I mean, he hadn't made his name or anything. He was known as the local boy who had a lot of promise. Uh, he'd scored a few goals, but he hadn't really kind of burst onto the scene like he was going to. Um, but playing with him, you know, training, you get a good idea how you're going to get on with somebody. And our, our respective games did dovetail quite naturally. We didn't have to work on it too much in, in the way that you have to do with some strike partners. It it clicked. So that was good. Obviously, I'm playing with my back to goal, showing for the ball. And Gary's always on the shoulder, looking for those flicks. And, and with Stevie Linux on the wing, 
putting in great service. It was, you know, it was a, a useful, uh, a useful trio for us. Uh, Jamie from the Fox Isles put, remember his goal against Wolverhampton at home and he had his teeth knocked out. Now, funnily enough, that wasn't against Wolves. Uh, it was against Stoke City. Now, I know that because the person that knocked my teeth out became one of my best friends at Arsenal. It was Steve Bold. He was playing centre-half for Stoke and I've received it in the centre circle, I think. I've chested it and he's popped up there and his big size 13s have come around the side, tried to clear it and kicked me in the kicked me in the mouth. And Mark Chamberlain, uh, who was an England international, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's dad, he started picking up these things from the grass and handing them to the ref and saying, oh, I don't know if these are Allens. And they were my teeth, though. Four front three teeth. So I've gone off and our coach, Jerry Summers, said, oh, you got, you'll be okay to carry on, won't you, Smudge? You'll be okay. And I went, oh, I don't think so, Jerry. I've had my front three, four teeth kicked off. Uh, so I went straight to uh, Leicester Infirmary and uh, they, they put them back in because they came out by the roots, which was amazing. They didn't shatter or anything. They came out by the roots. So this uh, this woman stuck them all back in. Uh and uh, it went from there. And so you remember his hat-trick against Wolves? Yes. Yeah, I remember that well. I think it was, it was on the telly. Uh, and, you know, Wolves were a good team. Uh, and it was, it was a good hat-trick. So I think that was my first in professional football. So you, you're always going to remember that. One goal in particular where I've kind of lashed it in a bouncing ball on the edge of the box and it's gone in the top corner. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. I mean, you stayed at the club for five years. You played with some very good players. I mean, Tommy English, Rob Kelly, Paul Ramsey. Mark Bright only came in for one season. But never really worked out for Mark Bright, I don't think, at the club. Uh, he only stayed around for one season. And then uh, Russell Osman, who's been on the show before, uh, he said he had a good, good relationship with yourself at the club. Yeah, we had some good players. We did have some good players. Uh, we were always struggling against relegation. There was never a time when we were mid-table and safe. Uh, always, you know, looking down, fearing the drop. Um, I mean, we used to score a fair amount of goals, but uh, we, I think we were quite a good team to watch in those days because we'd let a few in and we'd score a few. Um, but yeah, there was never a safe season that I can remember in my, my five years there. Zub uh, says, what was the issue with getting more England claps? Anything could have been done differently? I don't know, really. I don't think so. Because Gary was established there, I think they thought, bring Alan in and maybe, uh, you know, uh, introduce that Leicester partnership for England. And sounds good in theory, but it's not as easy uh, when you're playing for your country. And, uh, you know, I did OK. I was I was in and out. I Maybe the, the longest run I got was three or four games. Um but I'd, I loved, I loved representing England. I absolutely loved it, even if I've joined up and, I'm, and I don't get a kick of the ball. Um, it was a great honour. Uh, I'd love to have got more caps. Maybe my style of football, I wasn't particularly quick. Um, you needed something very special to, to kind of uh, stand out. Uh, I, d I don't know, but um, it was great. I managed to go to the European Championships. One of my ambitions was to go to a major tournament. So I went to Sweden 92. That was a bit of a car crash for England. It didn't turn out great. We got knocked out in the uh, at the group stage. But um, I, that was when I got substituted. Uh, Gary Lineker got substituted for me. 
when I thought I was going to go on and join him because we desperately needed a goal. Uh, that was his last game for England. And it was actually my last game for England as well, <laughs> although I didn't know it at the time. I didn't get picked again. Uh, do you remember the 4-0 versus Villa from Richard? Oh, uh, was that a film? Um, yeah, it must have been. I can't remember too much of that. Did I score? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that would have meant a lot to me, being from Birmingham and Villa. My dad was a Villa fan, so I was kind of nominally a Villa fan as well. I, I went to see him play a few times. Uh, so that would have meant a lot. It doesn't actually ring a bell now, though. Uh, who did you room with on away games? Stevie Linex, Charlie, Charlie Chan. Yeah, two. I mean, he was a black country boy. I was a brummie. So, but the, we'd uh, built up a friendship because we both uh, commuted from Birmingham. So uh, we'd meet at Corley Services on the M6 and then take it in turns to drive in from there. And, and it turned into quite a crowd because there wasn't just me and Steve. There was uh, Bob Bob Hazel when he joined. Uh, Peter Easter, when he came on loan for a season, I think, he was there for quite a long time. There was another lad, Mark Hutchinson, who was kind of a reserve team player. And so there were about five or six of us at times. We all crammed into a car. Not all of us with seatbelts on. Um, so, yeah, I, I, had a, I had a great relationship with Stevie. You know, we spent a lot of time together uh, travelling. Uh, and then, obviously, we were roomies as well. Uh, Anthony says, Lineker or Wright as the partnership? That's a good question, actually, because I probably, I, I definitely dovetail better with Gary. Uh, as I said, our games just interacted uh, naturally. And, and what, a, what an amazing player and goal scorer he was. Uh, Wrighty, I think, was marginally a better finisher. He was just an amazing finisher. Uh, he could score in any way possible. But he was so hard to play with, for me anyway, because you just couldn't read him. He was so off the cuff and you kind of had to let him get on with it. And that affected my game in a way. And, and I suffered confidence-wise and, and goals-wise. But uh, it's no fault, no fault of his. But um, for me, I found it hard to play, play with Ian. So Gary was the more enjoyable partner for me, I think. Uh, Andy Meadow says, best manager you played under? I didn't play under many, really. I mean, I played under Gordon Mill for four years and then um, Brian Hamilton came in. Yeah. That, that was the season, you know, I left at the end of it. Um, I, I really liked Gordon. You know, he was from the Liverpool school. He was brought up with Bill Shankly. Um, they won the title with them, got promotion with them into the top flight and, and then won the title, I think. He was a midfielder and his training was great. It was like all football. He loved to fight a side. It was all based with the ball. George Graham was my only manager at uh, Arsenal and we obviously achieved a lot there, winning six trophies in eight years. Um, and he was very good. He was probably, he was, you know, a harder taskmaster, I'd say, than, than Gordon. Uh, you know, he was he was quite tough. He was hard man to please. Um, so, you know, they were both big um, influences on my career. You uh, you talk about that last the last season at the football club. I mean, the one player who then came in as you were going was uh, Steve, a young Steve Walsh had joined the football club, who had then gone to get a legendary status. You know, as Mister Leicester, yeah, uh, captain, fantastic. What did you make of him when he had just come to the football club? And is he as hard then was uh, his tackling on the training field? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, playing with Walshie in the first team, yeah. A lovely left foot. He's a good lad. He made me laugh, Walshie. I think, you know, most most teammates would say that. Um, and just establishing himself, probably a bit nervous when he first came in, you know, but what a player he went on to become at Leicester. You know, brilliant fans, favourite because he always gave 100%. You could see that um, and turned into a great captain. Uh, the question that we was going to ask you, in that March 1987, you joined Arsenal, but then we're loaned straight back to Leicester. Uh, what went off in that situation for that attack? Uh, and then you played against Arsenal, I think, in the same season as well, even though you'd been sent back on loan? It was the weirdest situation. Um, I'd been signed by Arsenal, but they loaned me back to Leicester to help in the relegation fight, which ultimately proved unsuccessful. Um, and during that running, it was Arsenal away. And I remember going to Gordon Milne on the Monday before the Saturday and saying, Oh, Gaffer, obviously I'm not going to play in this one. I'm, I'm an Arsenal player. It's going to be too difficult, too awkward. And he went, oh, no, Alan, you're playing. We need you. We're desperate for the points. So it, it was such an awkward day, travelling down there and going into the visiting dressing room and seeing the Arsenal first team lads and just nodding at them, you know, and they're looking at you thinking, oh, what's this lad all about? Uh, and I tell the story quite often. I say it on FIFA, I think, and... Uh, the uh, the clock end where the Leicester fans were started singing my name at one point in the match, and then the North Bank, the Arsenal fans heard this and so that. I'd, I'd wave to the Leicester fans, and then the North Bank started singing my name, a different song, but they started singing my name, and I've turned around and clapped to them. So I'm ended up clapping to both sets of fans. And Gary McAllister, our midfielder, gave me a bollocking for not concentrating on my game, but it was it was difficult to concentrate. You know those circumstances. We we got beaten four one, I think. We hardly had a kick, so I was glad. I was glad when it was over. Uh, question is, why did you leave? Was there any particular reason? Was it because the relegation was on the cards, or it was just financial from the club to get money in? Ambition, uh, ambition first and foremost. I'd been there uh, five years in the end, and uh, I wanted to move up. I mean, I'd seen what Gary Lineker had done, going to Everton and then Barcelona. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to win things, you know, with all due respect, Leicester weren't going to do that. And, and as you say, they weren't a club that could refuse those kind of sums, 750, 800 grand at the time, which was quite a lot of money. Um, so I went with their blessing, really. I think Gordon Mill wanted me to go on and try and make the most of my career. But it was, it was a sad day to leave Leicester because your first club's always special and I'd enjoyed so many good times there, um, you know, so many happy memories. It's a, it was, and I'm sure still is, it's a, it's a family club, very tight-knit and, you know, everybody going up to the, the canteen after training, Vera was up there doing the food and, you know, you just had a rapport with these people. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was a fantastic club to go to for my, for my first professional club, yeah. When you talk about someone's just ask Arsenal, Leicester, who do you root for more these days? <laughs> that's, a tough, that's a tough one, Jack. It is. I mean, I, I want both to do well. And I'm doing the, um, the Carabao Cup, the EFL Cup, whatever it's called these days, next week. Uh, and people always ask me, and I always say, well, I just want to have a, I just want a good game. You know, I'm, I'm not willing 
either to lose or to win. I just uh, I just want to commentate on a few goals um, rather than a drab nil nil. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've commentated on a few of those fixtures between the two sides, um, and I've had some good games down the years. Uh, and it, and it's it's great to see both teams doing well. Uh, Zumper, if you had to choose now, who would you prefer to play for, Leicester or Arsenal? Uh, I'd, well, I'd, I'd have to say Arsenal. Um, they're obviously a, a bigger club, you know, a more famous club, I suppose. Um, and a club that's, well, I'd say it's got more chance of winning trophies. They've just won the FA Cup. But, of course, Leicester finished above them in the league last year. Uh, but I think the potential is there at Arsenal. There's, there's a greater potential to go on and, and, and do things. Uh, but uh, I, don't, I don't like to say that because I've got so much affection for Leicester. And I mean, how well have they done? I mean, obviously winning the league was just astounding. And and to do what they've done since, many people perhaps would have expected them to just maybe sink back down and become a mid-table team or even one that's struggling, struggling for survival becoming a yo-yo team as they used to be um, but to use that title winning achievement in the way that they have the recruitment's been outstanding uh, I'm so pleased that that's happened What was your feeling in the title winning season when we lost 2-1 in the dying seconds at the Emirates? In in Leicester's title winning season? Yeah, I'd say that's a, yeah, when Leicester won the oh. league it, they lost in the last minute too. I think it was well back goal, then, was it? Yeah, yeah. commentated on that. I remember it well. It was, uh, yeah, it was some moment that. Um, Valentine's Day, if I remember rightly, it was on. and uh, Yeah. Um, I was just caught up in the emotion of the moment, really. I think from an Arsenal perspective, uh, perspective, you thought, hoped that they would go on then and maybe win the title, but the wheels came off shortly after. Um, for Leicester, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, a hard it was a hard blow to take, but uh, yeah, it was really a dramatic moment. Now, uh, Fox Arm says TV commentary. Why not management? I've never thought I've been cut out for that. I've never really been that interested in coaching. I didn't take my badges, um, and when I retired, I kind of got into the media. Straight away, I started doing some writing and I, I was already involved a bit with Sky when I was injured as a player and I, I was a studio guest. So then I started doing more for Sky. Um, and, it, and it went that way. I, I never thought I wanted to get into management at all. I think, you know, sometimes you know, and I knew. And I, and I was lucky because, you know, I had, some, I had some work coming in and I needed to work. I earned enough money to just, you know, sit back and relax. I needed to work. Um, and, that, and that's the way it went and, and it's been brilliant for me I mean you do the co-commentary one uh, video that popped up today from the Leicester game was about four or five years ago well, a bit longer sorry ten years ago uh, was the Leicester nil, uh, Leicester 4 Leeds United nil. Uh, you commentate Lillian Nallis' volley from the edge of the area <laughs> oh you've reminded me of that yeah I, I remember that now Actually, God, was that 10 years ago? That was probably a bit longer than that. I think it's a bit longer than that. Yeah, but that would come up the other day. It was about this time in that season we beat Leeds for 4 0 to get their first win in the Premiership, back in the Premiership. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where's he now? I wonder. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, you, you know, you've gone on to now co-commentate. Uh, you've worked with some very good commentators, in one being Martin Tyler. What is it like in working with such a legend of the commentating world? Well, I mean, he's got so much experience. I, I might look at YouTube from a game in the 70s and Martin's commentating on it. I mean, it's amazing how long he's been going. Um, he is one of uh, the legends in commentary. You know, you think of John Motson and, and the like. Um, I think Motti and, and Martin were probably two of the longest serving have done the most games. But uh, yeah, it, it's great working with him. Um, because he commentated so much on me as a player. Uh, I remember I gave him my, a pair of my boots once and he's never forgotten it because he fancied himself as a bit of a centre forward. He, he played kind of a non-league level. Um, and uh, he, uh, he he loved that. He used to chat to us after, after games when he was hanging about, you know, outside the dressing rooms and that. So, yeah, it's, it's funny how things come round and uh, I've worked with him now for... A long, long time. Going into the current climate, I mean, we've had a very, very weird season with the COVID and playing football behind closed doors. I mean, you've been there, commentated. Is it strange trying to commentate on a game when, or co-commentate when you haven't got any fans? There's no feeling in the ground. It is, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a weird sensation, experience all round. You know, just driving into the ground. There's nobody there. You have your temperature taken by the club. You have your temperature taken by Sky. You have to fill in forms. Uh, you have to wear a mask in the stadium until you go up to the gantry. Whereas normally you'd get there a good three and a half hours beforehand. You'd have something to eat on the bus, have a chat with everyone, then go into the ground and see who's about, maybe chat with the managers or maybe a player would come past, a coach, and just get a bit of information. But now, of course, you can't do any of that. Um, I'll go in, I'll maybe do a little interview for Sky Sports News with our reporter and then go straight up to the gantry. Um, and then during the match, I mean, we have got the facility to have the fake crowd noise, which is EA Sports crowd noise. So I always have that turned up because just listening to the players and that echoey shout, I don't like. So I like a little bit of crowd noise. And if the game's good enough, sometimes you can forget there's no fans, you know, if you get a blinding 30-yard pile driver goal. You're concentrating on that. But um, it's obviously not the same. And then when the final whistle goes, you're straight at the stadium. Normally, you'd sit there maybe watching the sky analysis afterwards on your monitor, waiting for the crowd to go. Now you jump in your car, you're away, and you think, wow, have I just commentated on a Premier League match there? Because it didn't feel the occasion wasn't there. So it's such a shame. I mean, the back end of the season didn't really go so well for Leicester, missing out on Champions League football. Okay, fifth was still a great achievement considering where they've come from uh, with Brendan in his first full season. Uh, where do you think Leicester can go this year? I mean, it was a cracking result of the weekend going to the Hawthorns and putting up a, a dogged fight in the first half, but then second half, you know, really coming out and cutting the mustard and showing a bit the way Leicester can play. Where do you think they can finish and still, you know, after last season, can they be classed as a top six club? I think so. I think so. I mean, the competition's so fierce now, isn't it? You know, with Man United improving, uh, I mean, Liverpool and Man City are, are one thing, but you've got Man United improving, Chelsea spending absolute fortunes, Arsenal improving, Spurs a little bit flaky, Wolves, very good side. Uh, so for Leicester, you know, the competition is fierce, but 
I I uh, I was in the studio for that for that West Brom Leicester game, and um, if they can produce that kind of stuff second half, we, you know that's such a wonderful team to watch. Um, they're going to give anybody a game. Um, I'm sure Brendan Rodgers would maybe like to get one or two more signings. He's got the the Europa League uh, uh, responsibility that that workload. Um, Castagna did well, didn't he? I mean, he can play on either side. Got himself a goal, which is brilliant. The one thing you always worry about is if Jamie Vardy's not fit, because it's a different team then, isn't it? Much different team. Um, but uh, I just hope they can, yeah, um, reach reach that top six again. And I think they will. We talk about this year is a lot more difficult than it was last year. The extra games is going to prove vital because, as you say, the travelling. I mean, you, you played for Arsenal, you played in the competitions. Does it take it out and you're travelling more when you're in the European stage? It does. Yeah, it does. It's the uh, it's the concentration needed, that intensity. You're just constantly thinking about matches, from going from one game to another. And, you know, there, there might be some long trips. And we've always wondered why Wednesday, Saturday... It feels much different to Thursday, Sunday, you know, when you're playing in the Europa League, it seems more of a handicap. I don't know why that is, maybe a mental thing, but, you know, Wolves have, have done ever so well uh, in that competition. Um, he didn't really, well, I mean, he did rotate, but um, Nuno, he's not one for changing it universally, but you do need a, you do need a, a, a good quality squad if, if you're going to do well in both competitions so that's why I'm sure Brendan would, would maybe want a few more players in Yeah I mean you talk about I think we all know we need another centre half we saw that at the weekend with having to play well for him did he had a great game at the back with his sign to but it just showed you that you know Wes Morgan now he's not going to play that many games this season he's out injured uh, Johnny Evans I think maybe back this weekend or maybe got another game banned to go from the last end of last season it shows you where we're light at the moment and as you pointed out an injury to Vardy it literally leaves us with one fit striker in Kalidji and Acho. And I mean, he only got 10 goals last season. So, those are probably the two positions Leicester be looking at to strengthen before the end of the season, would you say? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of clubs, a lot of clubs after a striker. And we all know the top strikers cost an absolute fortune. So, then you're kind of gambling a little bit, hoping that they're going to do well when called upon. But, you know, I'll go back to that point about Leicester's recruitment. They've had a fantastic run, haven't they? Um, just uh, plucking people out and making the right choice. Um, but he, I think Brendan will feel a bit more, you know, satisfied, a bit more content if he can get another a good striker in. And as you say, a, a centre half. Um, but uh, not easy, is it? it? I think it gets harder and harder to get quality players into into your football club because everybody's after them. One final question. Who will win the Alan Smith derby when the League Cup the round next week? Ooh, don't know. Yeah, those questions are hard to answer. You never know the teams to start off. I mean, I think Arsenal make a few changes, but he'll take it seriously, Arteta. He wants to win everything. Uh, and, and I think Brendan will as well. Um, He'll, he'll maybe rotate a little bit, but I don't know, difficult to want to call. What I'd say with Arsenal now, they're much tougher not to crack, they're more organised, they, they won't throw in those flaky performances anymore, I don't think. So, um, 
everybody respects them more now under Arteta. So, as I said uh, 20 minutes ago, I just hope there's a few goals. I, I don't know who's going <laughs> to win it. I don't, you know, I, I'm a winner either way. Alan, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It's been a great laugh, a uh, great character to take some of the questions what the Leicester fans are chalked to here. So, once again, thank you for coming on, mate. No, that's a pleasure. Yeah, up the, uh, up the Foxes. Hope they do well this year. I'll be cheering them on. Cheers, Alan. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There we go. Another Foxes tale with another legend of the football club. Once again, uh, it's down to you for coming on, for putting the comments in. That this is what keeps the show going. You're what's... Uh, makes it enjoyable on a Wednesday night for doing this show. So once again, thank you for coming on and putting your comments in. There's some great questions tonight. and really pushed uh, Alan at uh, times for a question if he preferred Leicester or Arsenal. We all know the question there uh, aren't easy to ask from you, Galot. But uh, once again, thank you for tonight and uh, we'll see you next week. I know Locks is on tomorrow night and they'll be talking about all the transfer gossip, uh, the young French defender, the, the, uh, the winger from Roma. It's uh, all picking up, you know, going into the end of the season and you'll get all the, you know, transfer gossip from us as soon as it breaks. But for now, see you next week. Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. With special thanks to our pals at ABT Taxis, Beat Me, Piglet's Pantry, Tiger, Leicester Garage Conversions, Pink Vehicle Leasing, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Moyer Weight Interiors and our chosen charity, Memphis UK. We bring you the fans' views on the match each week, and your views matter to us. Join the fans' debate each match with us. Follow us at Leicester Fan TV. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eye and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.